Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Leo Effects. Now tonight, I'm joined by a very special guest. I've been kind of eagerly awaiting to talk to her. I feel like this should probably be like a Halloween episode or something, but I I think we're going to have fun anyway. <clears throat> I'm, I'm eager to ask some questions about the different things that she has going on, but please allow me to introduce my guest for this evening. Uh, well, K.O. Hey, how are you doing? It's K.O., and that's short for knockout. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> it's short for Karosha Ona, and that's a, a Russian-Polish name. And the Ona is uh, Onastasia, which is, uh, or Anastasia, or Anna, um, in, a po- in Lithuanian. So wow. I have quite a diverse background. Yeah, what does that have like a a meaning of some sort, or is it just kind of a beautiful name? Uh, I grew up with the name. I'm really not sure. Um, you know, translated, it's Carolyn Ann. Okay. And but no one ever calls me that. I've never heard it, that come out of anyone's mouth. Not even with my mother screaming at me <laughs> when I was growing up. <laughs> so no, it was always been uh, you know Karosha Karoka you know, like that. Um, and so that's what I grew up, uh, with. I was in a bilingual household, uh, between, you know, Russian, Polish and American. And, um, yeah, so I have a, a good background when it comes to, you know, family support, um, and small, um, you know, the, the Polish community where we live was very small. Everybody knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you're, as far as your career, it's just as diverse as your background. I mean, you you kind of done a little bit of everything, huh? Yeah, I have. And um, hey, we live in America. We we can do and become anything we want. And so why not just go go for it? Uh, you live once, sort of, maybe in the afterlife. <laughs> and uh, but then again, you know, it's nice to you know be able to do as much as you can or you want, as long as you you know incorporate helping others. Um, 
as well and and be good to people and i i think that's a winning combo that's what i do and um so far it's been nothing but a win-win it's uh if you give you always get back yeah and i mean isn't that the the real big thing right now is just to be good to each other isn't that a huge message right now it well it is now because what what else are you gonna do you know, you can get all pissed off. I'm stuck in my house. And the next thing you know, it's like, well, maybe we should all get along uh, like that. And um, and then you may you know, hear of a neighbor in need and then you see your whole neighborhood pull together. They don't care what color you are, what religion you are, what the heck you are sexually. It doesn't matter. Uh, people have thrown that all by the wayside to help each other. And I think that's the positive that we're going to carry forward after this uh, virus kind of subsides is take that goodness and, and community, you know, getting together like that. Mm-hmm. I, I hope so. I really do. But just a minute ago, you were talking about uh, having, you know, one chance, one life, unless you move on to the afterlife. And that kind of brings me to my first of many, many questions. But... <laughs> go, go ahead, baby. <laughs> Let's do this thing. <laughs> but you, you're kind of uh, you're known as the queen of the paranormal. Where where did that come from? Well, uh, back in 2007, um, I was on a radio show. I was going by. Um, a, no one could pronounce Karosha Ona, so we shortened that to two C's, like C C, and then Carol. And with an E at the end. Um, it was just a lot easier. And I was doing um, a thing called CC the Huntress, which is a paranormal show here on, uh, you know, cable up in uh, New England. And um, so I was doing like I am right now. I'm interviewing, you know, you're interviewing me and people would interview me. And I was on the radio and a gentleman called in and he said, I'm going to dub you the queen of the paranormal. And I said, <laughs> I said, you know what? I freaking like that. And I trademarked it. And um, that, well, I didn't trademark it like immediately, but I waited a few years and I trademarked it. And um, I went with that. And uh, it was the best move I ever made. Um, and then I decided to use my given name. And people just went wild. They just, they just couldn't believe uh, that I would do that. And I'm thinking, well, don't you use your real name? You know? <laughs> It's just that nobody knew that name. That was the thing. And, you know, I had all these people trying to say, that's not her real name on Facebook. And then Facebook would take the page down. I'd have to send them in my license and all this stuff. And they put the page back up. And, um, yeah, so it, it caused quite a stir. But I have been using that name. Um, you know, CC the Huntress is queen of the paranormal when I did uh, large events and things like that with the ghost hunters. And um, so I used that, that name for years, and I trademarked it. I'm happy I did because with the trademark, I'm able to do, uh, you know, uh, a lot with products, a lot with comic books, a lot with um, the different things that I do. And uh, it's just worked out uh, pretty good that way. Yeah, exactly. And New England has no shortage of paranormal material. But touching on that subject with the, the comic books, uh, you are the subject of a comic book, right? I'm the subject of a whole bunch of comic books. I, uh, it was back in 2015. I was at a O Comic Con in um, Omaha, Nebraska, right on the Iowa line 
Oaks Bluff, uh, Iowa, Councils Bluff, Iowa. And I ran into a gentleman who said to me, do you want to be in a comic book? And I'm thinking, who the heck doesn't want that, right? (laughs) This is all new to to me. I used to, I was just doing, you know, these paranormal conventions that no one showed up to, except for your vendors, your friends and family. And I said, I got to get out of here. So when I made the transition with the trademark and started doing um, like big comic cons and things and making a name for myself, where you have anywhere from, I don't know, 20,000, 50,000 over the weekend, um, that that was pretty cool. So yeah, I, I, it's all new to me. I want to be in a comic book. This is great. Um, but I said w- one thing to him. I said that I need to be me. <clears throat> I don't want to be embellished. I don't want to be flying through the air. I I want to be me. The things I do in real life, I want that in the comic book at, with my name. And he said, okay. So that was Charles uh, Moissette from. Uh, Silver Phoenix LLC, um, Entertainment LLC. And he got together with Brian uh, K. Morris, who's the author. And they wrote this tale of um, the tales, Haunted Tales of Bachelor's Grove. Actually, we have six editions. We've we just finished the third. And the third will be coming out. But the first edition, I was in it. And Brian got a hold of me because we worked together on the script and the story and, and how I do what I do. And he did a little research. He says, you know, I can't say for real, but let me do some more research because Brian's a comic historian for like, you know, almost 50 years now. And he said, you are the first person in comic book history who's a superhero doing what she does in real life. And this is an indisputable fact. It's not a disputable fact. I mean, you, you can't dispute it. It's That's what it is. And I ran into... Um, Mr. Lee, Stan Lee, and that was in 2016 at Rhode Island Comic Con, and we chatted a bit, and um, you know he congratulated me for that because I put all the press out, you know, and I asked him, I said, you know, because I still couldn't believe it, and he says, I can't think of anybody else, I just can't. Congratulations, and gave me a great big hug. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, so so from there. Um, you know, I, I started to put in uh, in the comic books what I really do in real life. And I guess you could consider them superhero things. I just consider it's just what I do in real life, you know, uh, with it's helping people or animals. But maybe to the extreme, like for an example, um, two houses, one house from me, um, it was burning down and they couldn't get the dog out. Well. I don't, they didn't want to get the dog out. It was a very, very mean pit bull. And, you know, a lot of people say pit bulls aren't mean. This dog was a mean one. It, he just was. That's all. I saw him as a puppy growing up and he didn't care if he knew me or not. He was just, just nasty. And, uh, <laughs> so they were going to wait for the, the, um, the owner to come to unlock the door. Oh my. I, I said that, I said the bird, the house is burning, right? So the apartment right. building, three floors. I kicked the door in right in front of the fire department, and I went in and got the dog, and I brought him Jeez. out. That dog could not have been more thankful, coughing and stuff, and they gave him oxygen. And uh, then the the people from the the house that owned the dog came, and um, but yeah, that that's the kind of thing that I do. 
um, which is weird. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, even when I was very, very young, like 12 years old, um, this is documented too in papers. I was down the street in the wintertime and there were some kids playing on the ice, two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they fell through. And I went out and got them and brought them back. I didn't have to. I just, it's something that was like in me that told me to go. And I did. And I brought them and just time and time again, I seem to be in situations where things happen and I go and help. And I, I don't, I don't know. It's just something inside me that um, doesn't hold me back, just makes me go and, uh, you know, help others. So that's, that's why amazing. they'd say the superhero thing. And um, when it was, Two years ago, on April 6th, I um, was out in my own yard, and there was a gunman there who tried to shoot me, and um, I kicked the gun out of his hand, and then he he grabbed it, and he uh, tried to shoot two times, but the gun didn't work, Um, So, uh, and we live one one house from the high school. Holy cow. Yeah, so that... I went and alerted the school and everything. Long story short, uh, they supposedly can't find the guy to this day. But I heard through this, you know, city neighborhood that that they thought he he passed away of an overdose. And so I said a prayer for him. But um, that was a scary incident right there. Um, yeah, I could only imagine what that had to have been like. Just you know, your nerves and everything just going full blast. Like wow. Yeah, I, I I found him behind a bush in my yard. I was bringing some um, recyclables down to the recyclable can. And I asked him, you know, what are you doing? And he just pointed this gun at me. And I don't know, my reaction was I kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> and I slipped and fell. And before I know it, he was like over me trying to shoot me. And he tried to shoot twice. It didn't work. And then I got knocked out and uh, sexually assaulted. And when I came to, I I made my way to the high school to warn them. And the police department came and I had to go to the hospital and stuff. But um, at least I was able to do that. Uh, So, yeah, I'm so sorry that that happened. And, you know, that's that's a terrible thing. Well, you know, it is. And, you know, it makes you think that. Even though I warned the school, the school never locked down the school. Wow. Be- because, uh, you know, we live in the city. It could have been a druggie. It could have been this. It could have been that. You don't know what it could have been. It could have been a school shooter. You should have warned the parents. So I went on a um, a mission every time I do conventions or, or I'm in the area to speak. I always talk about that incident. And we try to make sure that parents are warned and Uh, the schools are locked down immediately when there's a gun in the area like that. So uh, some good did come out of it. Mm -hmm. That's what I like to say. Yeah. Well, beyond that, I mean, you're also working on doing uh, children's books with very, you know, strong messages like that too. Right. And that's where um, I decided, well, I didn't decide that. I always try to take a negative and turn it into a positive. And I feel even with children, um, we can take a life's lesson and turn it into a positive or maybe have something that, that is like, uh, like for instance, one of the books is going to be uh, about one of the characters has a bruise 
on their arm. Next thing you know, uh, the characters in the book go and get an adult. You know, immediately get, get an adult to come to find out what's going on because they're very concerned. They, they thought that, you know, uh, the character with the bruise must have gotten beat up or something happened at home, something like that. But at the end of the story, what had happened was the person that got the bruise bruised their arms by trying to save a kitten in a tree. So, mm. so all things that you see might not be exactly what you think, you know, until you get to the bottom of it. Lesson is you did the right thing. You went and you got an adult immediately to report the incident. And the positive outcome was he saved a kitten in a tree. You know, so it was a little twist on um, on the story that way. So uh, we're trying to take positive messages out of the negative. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a brilliant idea. I, I like that. It, it's always good to start teaching kids at a young age so that they know what is OK, you know, and. and... Right. And, and some bruises are OK. Not 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 no one wants to get hurt, but I mean they're not everything's not connected with somebody beat me, you know. Right, right. <laughs> you know that no, but it is good you called an adult. It is good all of that, but w what really happened is you you risked yourself. You you banged your arm on a tree trying to trying to help a kitten, and um, so there was a good lesson at the end that Absolutely. kids will think about that. Yeah, we did the right thing, and the positive is. The kitten was saved, and not all bruises um, mean that somebody actually hurt you. Yeah. Now, is there kind of like a guesstimation time frame as to when the, your books are going to be coming out? Well, the books are already written. I'm waiting for the illustrations oh, right okay. now. And yeah, so the, the books are done. We're waiting for the illustrations, and uh, that's taking a little longer than I expected because we're going to get to the meat of all of this, and then the coronavirus hit. So we're all like, oh. <laughs> yeah. What do yeah. we do now? We're nobody all locked any, up. Nobody has any money. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the conventions and, you know, I know a lot of actors are struggling and it's like, wow. Um, but we got to take a positive out of out of this whole thing. And like I said earlier, I really have the positive is going to be how we all have come together to help regardless of our our race, our ethnicity Um you know, a color of our skin, everything, um, sexual orientation. Nobody cares about that stuff anymore. We're mm -hmm. all into helping each other. And I hope it stays that way. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. speaking on how actors are having a rough time right now, you are no stranger to the acting world yourself. You've been in a no. number of movies. Uh, would you like to let the listeners know maybe some of the uh, roles that you may favor or they may. <laughs> well, I look at it this way. I do a little bit of that, a little bit of this. I get paid. I don't get paid. I'm credited. I'm not credited. I mean, I do a lot of extra work and walkthroughs and, you know, stuff like that, that um, I've been doing it for so many years. Uh, and geez, I'm just trying to think, Oh God. Uh, um, did I really like? I must admit, and I know this is a this is a crazy little one. I did a movie called Family Property Two More Blood. 
It, I did this movie probably four years ago. Joan Ardelli was the producer of that movie. And um, Lloyd Kaufman was the cinematographer for that movie. And Lloyd Kaufman also was involved with a toxic um, adventure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, remember that? Well, Toxic Avengers, and you, you come forward 30 years, and now you have a movie called Toxic Tutu. It's like what happened to the characters of, uh, like, the boy Mark, uh, Mark Torgel uh, in the Toxic Avenger. What's going on 30 years later? And so that, that was a super cool movie. I got to meet everybody. But when I was down there, I filmed a movie also because a girl got sick. And they said, hey, do you want to do this movie while you're here? And I'm like, okay, sure. So I was, I partnered with a, a guy, uh, Mike Halak. He worked at the WWF under the name of Mantar. And you mm -hmm. can look him up. What a famous, um, famous wrestler. And so we did a rape scene and it was real. I mean, I had my underpants on and, you know, the, the jeans, but uh, he, he, he was raping me and hitting me and he actually clipped my ear and it turned purple. And I, I, I just started fighting them. So it was a real fight. When people see that, when that comes out, I, I, I have a copy of that scene. And uh, I, my daughter watched it. She started crying. She said, oh my God, did you get hurt? I said, no, it was acting, but actually I did. My ear swelled up <laughs> and oh I turned gosh. around and I, I just turned around and pow, I let him have it. Like you literally, I'm so mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he didn't mean to like clip me, but it's just, we got so involved in the action. And I, and that movie stuck with me. Uh, like you wouldn't believe along with um, Toxic Tutu. Um, a lot of the big sets and big movies and stuff, it's, it, there's so many people and so much stuff and so much food. Um, you know, you just kind of go and do your thing and then you leave. It's not, they're all memorable, but what really stuck in my mind was that rape scene. Out of everything I think I've ever done, that was 100% real. And the emotions were there. Everything was, it was just raw. And um, the guy, uh, Derek Young, who produced that, is also producing a, um, a movie called Total Lockdown right now that I just, I just filmed my parts already and uh, on a remote location. Then, you know, send them in. That's what everybody's doing. So oh, you can pe okay. piecemeal it together. Yeah. And um, that's going to be a great movie too. It's uh, about like, like a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I get to play myself, so that's fun. I can't <laughs> wait to see that. <laughs> and that kind of oh. brings things back around that you're, you know, uh, how you are with the paranormal also played into the uh, movie world, and you were, um, you helped with The Exorcist. Yes, I, I did. And um, it was funny, I... What I did was I came up with a product. I was doing an event uh, called the Paranormal Awards, New England Paranormal Awards, and it went to just Paranormal Awards. And I wanted to have something really cool, like for a presentation. So my friend Bob Boyd and Mike Siegel, they did the original interviews with Father Gallagher, um, who uh, 
mentored uh, William Peter Blatty. Uh, he was one of his students at uh, Georgetown University, uh, you know, a school of divinity. And um, of course, then we have the book, The Exorcist. Well, Father, um, Father Gallagher had a thing called the Bishop's Files. He kept waving around in these interviews they did with him. The Bishop's Files were the actual recorded witness files of three exorcisms that they combined into one to make the exorcist. So my brilliant idea was take those bishop files, take what Father Gallagher is saying and match it up to what's going on on the on the original exorcist movie. How do they match up and how much did Hollywood change it? Mm. Like when when the priest in the movie says you unclean spirits you then then it goes right to Father Gallagher going, you unclean spirits, reading it right off of the bishop's files. So oh. it was kind of like going from from one to the next and just to try to mirror, you know, how much you could match up. And uh, they I did that. I put it together for a product. I worked on it a couple years, like, you know, doing events. And finally, uh, Mike Siegel and uh, Bob Boyd, uh, we sold uh, – like 20 minutes of not just that, but some of the, uh, we didn't sell like a, what do you call it? Like lease it to them for a while or something like that. Yeah. 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 So, um, they were able to put it together, but it is remarkable what they did on the director's cut. Um, short of Hollywood glitz, glitz it up a bit. That's my work. That's my idea. That's my work. And I got credited for that, um, for research on the exorcist because obviously I wasn't in it. This was the 40th anniversary DVD on the, on the director's cut. So, uh, they were able to, um, give me that it took a long time. It was uh, that, that movie came out in 2013. I did it in 2012. It took all this time working with IMDB to get that credit because um, you know producers and the people that do the movie, um, they're the ones that put you on there. And um, it just took a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, a long time. And it, that just recently happened like um, two or three months ago, something like that. Cool. Well, I, I mean, got at the least notice. it's on there, right? Yeah, I don't care as long as it's there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, I work hard for it, making calls and writing. <laughs> oh my God. Now, are you still doing the Paranormal 13 News? Yes, I am. Paranormal uh, 13 News is a product of Bruce Knight, Ronnie James, and myself. All three of us own it. And um, it when we first started out, well, they started out with it years ago, but when I joined in the mix, um, I wanted it to be a place where women could empower themselves in business and to sell their wares and talk about their careers at a level uh, and be seen at a level that they couldn't be seen otherwise. And so that's why I would have these different girls on it and stuff. And after a while, you know, they would drop off. We'd have other girls on there. And now we do a thing called Paranormal 13 News Special Reports. And that's up on all these different channels, too. And it's fun. Um, I've kind of taken, I'm not saying I've taken a backseat, but I've taken a little bit of a respite from it because I have other projects that I'm doing. Right. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, so we, we keep running the season one, season two, season 
three. So we got the three seasons and they're running all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's nice because we're on Comcast Big South. We're on uh, ce- uh, Celebrity Media. We're on uh, Texas TV 21. We're on a Galaxy Global Television Network. And we were the first show of its kind like that to be on airport TV everywhere. So that was a cool thing to see. And now I replaced that with the airport TV went under another management. And so now I have another product up there. I have these little minute blurbs of uh, supernatural things and uh, people love it. And I also in my comic character, I do a, a positive quote of the week or the day and they run them, um, it's like every 10 minutes it comes up on the screen. It says a nice happy quote. And then they'll switch it out uh, the next week to another happy quote. And um, I have even have them translated into uh, Arabic as well. Oh, nice. So they can go over like that way. That's so cool. You've, like, yeah. you've done so much stuff. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, where's the money, baby? <laughs> show me the money well with the last few minutes of the show i'd like to kind of open the floor up to you to let people know what your social medias are so they can go follow along and see more of everything that you've got going on well i would start with queen of the com, and from there you can get to every single social media link that you can possibly think of. Um, on TikTok, there is a queen of the paranormal. That is not me. I'm, oh, in okay. a, I'm trying to take this girl down for a trademark infringement. I'm waiting for TikTok to respond. But everything else, if you go to Facebook, Queen of the Paranormal, you'll get you'll go right into the comic book site. If you go to Karosha Ona, Queen of the Paranormal, Karosha Ona Carol. Queen of the Paranormal. That's my personal site. Um, on Twitter, Queen of the Para, um, and Instagram would be Queen of the Paranormal. So it's all about the same if you could Google that or, or just go to queenoftheparanormal.com and you can find out all the exciting things uh, that are coming and going and what we're doing in the comic book with Jimmy Starr, Celebrity Ghost Hunters, and of course, Celebrity Ghost Hunters, the movie, that's going to be coming out. And so we're doing a lot of work together. That's awesome. That is great. And I'm going to put a link to that, to your website in the podcast description. So, All right, cool. Yeah, people can just click on that and off they go. One click shopping. All right, great. Yeah. So, KO, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today and telling me all about you and your amazing things you have going on in your life. And it's just, it's been so much fun. I've been intrigued the whole time. <laughs> Listen, we got to get together someday on Skype and I'll read your fortune for you. Okay. Ooh, that would be oh. fun. Oh, that'll scare the crap out of you. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. And thank you to all the listeners who, you know, came and checked it out and tuned in turned it on all that good stuff make sure to go to the social medias and click all those links and likes and notifications because there's lots of good stuff that's still on the way and you don't want to miss it so thank you all very much and we'll see you next time thank you everyone thank you for having me (laughs) now that was an awesome interview thanks so much for listening you all are so great 
And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.